0: hallelujah that's a good word hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Lord. Jesus is, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is
1: Lord, hallelujah. You know, he inhabits the praises of his people. And uh, that's, you know, we love to worship. But worship for us is not a warm-up for the main event. Worship is the main event. We value the Word of God. Of course, we love the Bible. We love teaching. It's all important. But, you know, worship's our opportunity to engage with God. And it's our opportunity to respond to the Spirit of God, revealing God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And uh, so it can happen at any moment. You, you could be hearing a, a word being preached. You could hear a scripture. You could you could hear a testimony. And all of a sudden, your heart wants to respond. Ah, God, you're awesome. And whether it's a song or whether it's a word or whatever it might be, it's worship. Hallelujah. If it's a genuine heart response to Jesus. Amen. And I, um, I was... I had the joy of also having uh, Emily Harland from the UK uh, with me for a couple of weeks in the US. And um, we just get up and begin to sing. And the Holy Spirit began to just move with such power. And people were just getting healed in their seats. Amazing, amazing miracles. You know, so as we lift up Jesus, He'll draw all men to Himself. Hallelujah. People were getting uh, healed and saved, even on Periscope. Um, as people were periscoping the meetings, we had three people healed on on Peris, three people saved on Periscope, and uh, a guy healed of cancer watching on Periscope, which was really cool. So, wow! If he could do that on Periscope, what's he going to do on television, all over the U.S.? That's what I think about. Go, God. Hallelujah. We want to see his name lifted up all over the earth. And so, so grateful for the way that he is providing opportunity for us to get the good news out. Hallelujah. And the testimony of Jesus. I was in um, Orlando last weekend and um, meeting with um, my publishers, Charisma House, and also did some meetings there. And uh, a lady came and told me afterwards. She said, oh, last time you were here... Um, in October she said you were in in the meeting and you were calling out different things that were being healed and you called out that celiac disease was being healed and she said I was sitting there with my family and I thought to myself oh that's wonderful I know what it's like to have celiac disease so isn't it wonderful that person's getting healed that's what she was thinking and um, so her, her children after the service they said mom that was for you And she she went, oh. And uh, she came back to tell me this time that she's been completely healed. She was instantly, gloriously healed. (laughs) Hallelujah. So um, I just love, I love being able to hear what the Lord's doing and give him glory. People with frozen shoulders and cancer and all sorts of things are being healed. And God is faithful. It was a real delight to, I haven't watched all of the live stream yet, but I, uh, I've watched a lot of it, loved hearing Pastor James' testimony. If you haven't heard that yet on Friday night, it was outstanding and so, so exciting. But you know, I was um, just sharing on Friday night that the Lord in this negativity fast, I don't know if you've forgotten about that, but we're still on a negativity fast, negativity and criticism, hallelujah, how you enjoying that? Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Um, in case you're wondering, after it finishes we're not going back to being negative and critical just just so you know hallelujah but um, I was I was wandering around I had a day off which was really nice and um, just by myself, which is that was very rare. So that last I think last Saturday during the day I had the day off and i went for a walk walk around and i was just talking to the holy spirit and as i as i just began to relax a little bit suddenly i you know i was just getting back into my train of thought about different things that needed to happen and how's that going to happen and what about this and what if this happens and the holy spirit interrupted me and he said you weren't made to think about that stuff your mind wasn't created to think about those things, and I realised suddenly that I had actually gotten into a bad habit of defaulting to worry. That my sub-talk, my self-talk, underneath was actually worry. I was going over and over. Oh, I hope that doesn't happen. Wonder if that happens or oh, how's that going to happen? I wonder what we could do. Uh. And I was actually getting into a pattern, a habit of worry. And thankfully, Holy Spirit interrupted and he said, you you weren't made to think about this. Because every time worry is filling up my mind, it is taking the space of what the Holy Spirit wants to dream about with me. It's taking the space of what we're actually called to think about, and that is Jesus being magnified and glorified. That is the plans that God has to do through you. He says that uh, the plans that he has for us are to prosper us and not to harm us, plans to give us hope and a future. Hallelujah. That's an opportunity for you to worship right there.
0: Yay. Hallelujah.
1: I'll say it again just so you missed it. Wake up, wake up. The plans that He has for us are to prosper us and not to harm us. Plans to give us hope and a future. Oh, hooray! Yay! Yeah, now, now I'm home. Hallelujah! Very good. Worship opportunities—never miss one. It's just too good to miss out on. But as we as we are going through life, if we're not vigilant, to steward our minds, to remind ourselves that it's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. To reckon myself daily, dead to Christ, dead to self and alive to Christ. Remind myself, thank you, Lord, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. That I have the mind of Christ. Thank you, Lord, that I am a new creation as we remind ourselves of who we are, of who he is and who we are, we can be reminded that our thoughts should be on the things of of God, things that are pure and lovely and of a good report, as it says in Philippians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Um, 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Hallelujah. I shared on Friday night that that word cast is actually... Uh, crypto in the in the Greek. I don't speak Greek, so you might have to help me, guys. But it actually means to to fling it off, to toss it off, as with a with a quick toss is what it literally means. A, a, a sudden reflex motion, like. So if anxiety comes, we're not called to carry it and try and lift it up to God, but actually just flick it off with a quick toss. A sudden reflex action. I'm not made to think about that. Not my problem. He says that we're, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. So if you've got something happening, going on, ask him for help. Say, Lord, this is happening. This is how I feel. I give it all to you. Help me in this situation. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you're taking care of that. Thank you, Lord, for your promises. Take, picking up the word of the Lord, speaking the word of God, declaring his promises. The next time the enemy wants to come in with his voice and saying, oh, how's that going to happen? What are you going to do? What if? What if? Why? Why? You, you need to go, ah, not my problem. Not my problem. Actually, not, not made to think about that. Hallelujah. Ah, let's think about things that are pure and lovely. Let's cast, let's uh, fix our eyes on things above, hallelujah, that we might be able to move on, not just survive life, but thrive, hallelujah. So the enemy, his, his desire is to weigh us down, to, to occupy our thinking. He wants to fill our minds with anxious thoughts. He wants us to be continually worrying. But the Lord's looking for us to say, Hey, little one, come here. You're not created to think about this stuff. What are you doing with the mind of Christ? Why are we going over and over and over and over again in this in your head about this? Give it to me. Flick it off. And set your mind on things above. Hallelujah. Apparently, um, before I, I left to go overseas... We were here on, I think it was the 5th of February. Um, Lulu, you wrote me a lovely little uh, Facebook note, a little testimony. So cool. She said um, during that service, while we were just singing in the spirit, as we often do, um, she said over and over again, about five times you said this phrase in Samoan. She said, you kept saying in Samoan, come rest in the bosom of the Father. Come rest in the bosom of the Father. Come rest in the bosom of the Father. It was so lovely. I was so excited to get that message. And you know, I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to, to speak to us. Come rest in the bosom of the Father. Come rest in Him. You know, the Holy Spirit's been sharing with me, as, as I have been really exploring what it is to fellowship with Holy Spirit, who he is, the comforter, hallelujah. I believe the Lord is wanting us to grow down, to actually become like little children in our heart and our thinking, that we would be simple in our thinking, that we would not trouble ourselves with weighty matters, but that we would come rest in the bosom of the Father, That we would cease from worry, we would cease from anxiety, and we would begin to simply trust. Hallelujah. One of my favorite psalms, many of you would know, is Psalm 131. If we've got it there, you can pop it up. Psalm 131, I love this. It says, Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty, neither do I concern myself with great matters. Nor with things too profound for me. Surely I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with his mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. O Israel, hope in the Lord, from this time forth and forever. I love this little psalm. That's all it is. It's this little psalm. But this is mighty David, the warrior, the king. And he's saying, like a weaned child is my soul within me. He says, I'm not going to trouble myself with weighty matters. I'm not going to try and figure out why God, why, when God, when, how God, how. I'm not going to enter into the worry track of trying to figure it all out, carry it. You know, you weren't created to do that. God is God If you want to be God of your own world Then that's what you need to do You need to work out how it's all going to happen And you, if you are God of your own world You need to figure out how But if God is God of your world You need to calm and quiet your soul And remind yourself Okay, I don't belong to myself anymore I've lost my life to find His And His burden is easy And his yoke is light. Hallelujah. And he says, trust in me. Put your hope in me. Hallelujah. He says, cast your cares. Flick it off with a quick toss. And hope in God. And I love the progression that he goes through in this beautiful psalm. He says, Lord, my heart's not proud. My heart's not haughty enough to say, that I am going to use my mind to try and work out why this stuff is happening, how it's all going to work out. I'm going to humble myself like a little child and like a weaned child. A weaned child is like little tiny Alana age. Could just snuggle up. You know how she was crying out, Mommy, Mommy. God's, God's looking for us to come into him, to find the comfort, to find the peace, to find the safe place and not try and deal with all the things that are too big for us, but instead just to find the safe place in God, to nestle in to the bosom of the Father, to rest like a weaned child. Hallelujah. And the heart of God, you know, I, I thought about this. I thought, how are strong men going to relate to, you know, resting, resting, Weaned child. But it was David who wrote it. And strong men, godly strong men, are not self-sufficient. True strength comes from recognizing that my strength comes from the Lord. Hallelujah. True strength comes from being able and hungering after the rest of God, being deliberate to discipline our minds, to say, no, I'm going to take captive vain imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. I'm going to stop with all the whys. I'm going to stop with all the trying to figure it out. I'm going to stop with carrying the emotional weight of problems and circumstances and situations, and I'm going to flick it off. And I'm going to change tracks. I'm going to remind myself that I don't have to figure all that out. In fact, I'm going to humble myself and say that's not my problem. And I'm going to rest. I'm going to find comfort and love and encouragement. I'm going to have a snuggle with God. Literally. This is what this is saying. And you know what? There is nobody... That deep in their spirit doesn't need and desire the comfort of the Holy Spirit. The comfort of the Spirit of the Father. Who wants to comfort you in all your troubles. Not, He's not the one that we run to only in emergencies. The comforter isn't... Our comfort just in emergencies. He wants to be our continuous comfort so that you can have continuous peace, so that you can have continuous capacity to receive the revelation of Jesus Christ. So that you can have capacity to receive the plans and the desires, the dreams, the blueprints of God himself. So that you can start to lift up your eyes, arise and shine, hold out the word of life, hallelujah, as bright shining stars in the universe. If the enemy can grab you and smother you with with worry and anxiety and and let you get back into a track that goes over and over again of why God, why, how God, how, what's going to happen, oh, if if he can fill your mind with that then he will rob you of the peace and joy that God has for you. And not only will he rob you, he will rob the world around you because you were created to manifest Christ. There's a much bigger picture in this. The comforter to comfort you all the time is not just for your comfort. Though it is very much for your comfort. (sighs) Because he enjoys it. He loves you. He doesn't want you carrying the heavy burdens. There's nothing noble about it. It's actually pride. But the bigger picture is that if he can get you actually to trust in him, to learn what it is to deliberately tell your soul, hey soul, Stop it. Not your problem. (laughs) That's what calming and quieting your soul looks like. Hey, soul, stop it. Not your problem. I'm going to lean my head on the breast of God, just like John. I'm going to listen for the heartbeat of God. I'm going to fill up on the love of God that casts out all fear. I'm going to drink deeply of the river of his pleasure. I'm going to be strengthened with his joy and his power. I'm going to overdose on love. I'm going to cry out for supernatural strength, like it says in Ephesians 3 that I might be able to truly comprehend Christ dwelling in my heart through faith, that I'd be able to truly comprehend the height and the depth and the width and the breadth, the love of God that passes human knowledge, that I might be filled to overflowing with the fullness of God so that I can then overflow into the reality of now under him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. All I could ask, hope, or imagine.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're not meant to be filled with the cares of the world. You're not meant to be filled with worry and anxiety. You know what? People will be able to help you identify what you spend the most time thinking about. Because when you begin to interact with people, out of your mouth, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. If your default is hi, it's a really good sign to you that you're being deceived into a worry subtrack that is occupying space the Holy Spirit wants to fill. There's no condemnation. God's not like, oh, so annoying, stupid people. But when you realize you're worried, the, Lord, the Lord's there like, huh? Yes, let me help you. Come on, let's flick it off. Now, what shall we talk about? Hallelujah. I feel like God wants to say, can we talk about something else? Because he wants us to attach faith to the truth of what he says. Hallelujah. You know the uh, the why question is very interesting. Where it says in one Psalm, Psalm one thirty one, Lord, my heart's not haughty, nor my eyes lofty; neither do I trouble myself with great things and things too profound for me. The question of why why is this happening is quite a dangerous one, really. The moment I w- I'm reading a book at the moment called How to Stop the Pain by uh, a fellow called D- uh, Dr. James Richards. Excellent book if you're looking for something good. And he says this. The moment we judge why people do something instead of dealing with what they did, we've crossed the line into judgment. We've entered a place Jesus said not to go. We've infringed upon that which belongs to God alone. Yet it's a daily occurrence in our lives. You know, in order to grow down with the Holy Spirit, We need to humble ourselves and stop putting ourselves in the place of God and assuming that we understand people's hearts and motives. We need to humble ourselves and stop putting ourselves in the place of, of arrogance that says, I'm going to try, I'm going to decide why God is letting this happen. The moment you've done that, you've judged God. He says this also, which I really liked. Judgment seeks a penalty. So if we approach the offender, whoever might have done something to offend us, with a heart of judgment, our goal is not to restore the relationship or the person. Our goal is to make him suffer. Make him see how wrong he is. Or make him see how he is what we've judged him to be. As Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, a harsh word stirs up anger. Our judgment not only makes the offender angry, but it also makes him defensive. The conflict that results is no longer about the offense. In the face of our judgment, it erupts into a defensive battle about whose judgment is correct. The whole question of why. Why are they doing that? Why did that happen? Why is this happening? All it is is weighty stuff that is not... Your problem. It says in First Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ, the stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it's required in stewards that one be found faithful. But with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. For I know of nothing against myself, yet I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will bring, bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveal the counsels of the hearts. Then each one's praise will come from God. I think we need to grow down. As a sophisticated Western culture, I think we have adopted very carnal practices. We like to judge the motives of people's hearts. We like to figure out why this is happening to us or to somebody else. If you've ever had something difficult or bad happen to you, I don't know if you've ever encountered Job's friends. But I have. Job's friends, they love to figure out why and tell you. This must be happening to you because you must have done something. You must have unforgiveness. You must have this. You must have that. In fact, we've got whole ministries based on judgment, based on arrogant assumption that we know why. The Holy Spirit, I believe, is getting ready like a dove to rest in a resting place here in the city. But just as Nick prophesied about a purity, that purity and innocence will come as we humble ourselves like little children and give up the haughty thoughts that try to assume we understand everything. I have determined, Paul said, to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. Hooray. That's a happy thought. You can be happy. Peace. It's a much happier place to live because if you are assuming the place of God, which is what you do when you judge, you have not got the capacity to carry the whole world. In fact, you don't have the capacity to carry anybody. A lot of people actually get their self esteem out of trying to fix other people. And it begins I know why, and I know what's wrong with you, therefore, I have the capacity to help you. It's a trap. Of course, we're meant to bear one another's burdens, encourage each other, help one another. But I tell you, you are not meant to emotionally carry the worry of everybody else. And you're not meant to carry the worry of the world. You're not meant to carry any form of anxiety. You've been created for peace. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, temperance, goodness, faith, meekness. All these good things. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is not, well, I'm figuring it all out. I'm so wise. I'm so clever that I'm going to work out the problems of the world. I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting us to grow down. I'm not talking about an immaturity. I'm talking about a maturity that is deliberate to steward your soul. To remind your heart you weren't created for worry. You weren't created for fear. You weren't created to carry the weight of how is it going to happen? How are the promises going to be fulfilled? What happens if this happens? What You are called... To rest in the bosom of the Father. To snuggle in. You know, I watch grandchildren in the house sometimes just running and jumping up on their grandparents' laps, you know. And that's the that's the attitude that we need to have with God all the time. Where it's like this oh, could come and have a cuddle. By safe place. It's not weakness. It's wisdom. It's not weakness; it is strength, because true strength flows not from self-sufficiency, but from surrender and trust. Hallelujah. Ula Come rest in the bosom of the Father. We say yes, Lord. Come rest in His arms. Hallelujah. Fear not, for the Lord is with you. Little one, the voice of the Father, the Holy Spirit, who is the Spirit of the God, or the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of the Son, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, wants to speak a clear word to your heart today. It's not your problem. Don't worry about it. Come, let's talk about something else now. I got it. Trust in me. Hope in me. When David had done what he needed to do by reminding his mind, hey, don't be haughty. Don't be proud. Don't try and figure stuff out. Stop it. Not your problem. Now, let's just rest like a weaned child. And he repeats it. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. And then having a big, deep drink on the, on the lap of God. Of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He then goes from that position. Hope in God, everybody. You're called to be ambassadors of hope. Yes. If the enemy is throwing affliction or trouble at you, I've got good news. The Bible tells us that many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him from them all. So if you've got a, a, a thing going on, if there is something in your world that is harassing you, if there is pain, if there is sickness, if there are circumstances that you can't seem to see the answer, you don't need to figure out why, what am I doing wrong, what am I... If you are righteous, many are the afflictions of the righteous. It's a shock. How can that be? Oh, it really wrecks the whole why thing for a whole lot of ministries. I'm not, I'm not undermining the importance of walking in forgiveness and grace. and That you do reap what you sow. I understand that. But listen to me. We need to get out of the place of God And get into the place of the child on his lap Hallelujah
0: How great is our God Sing with me How great is our God All will see how great great is our God. Father, you are great. You
1: are kind and you are good and you are faithful and you are trustworthy. We say yes. We say thank you, Father. You are our great deliverer. You know, like when Peter was asked when there was some heavy stuff that they couldn't understand what Jesus was saying and everybody was leaving, the Lord said to the disciples, are you going to go too? And sometimes when heavy stuff happens, we're just tempted to throw in the towel or walk away or figure it out. But the Lord wants to say, are you going to go too? And I loved Peter's response. He said, where else am I going to go? You alone have the words of life. Like a weaned child, we've got to go, hey, well, bottom line is, I believe you. I trust you. So, yeah, I'm going to choose trust. I'm going to choose faith. And I'm going to tell my soul to line up with what I actually believe. I'm going to calm and quiet my soul and say, hey, this is what the word of God says. Hooray. Yay. Let's do a happy dance. And now let's think about something else. Let's fill our mind with the things of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Well, Lord, I pray for your help for every person here. Holy Spirit, come. I thank you. You're faithful and true. I thank you, Lord, just as you have healed so many of so much. God, you are the save yesterday, today, and forever.